set your system's volume control for slightly above the normal listening level. Let's go. Second level thinking is defined as looking beyond the easy, obvious conclusions. You've got to do some smart thinking. Welcome to the second level. To the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Where we go beyond the box score. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's your host, Aton Shander. We begin on a Friday with a interesting observation, to say the least, if you've been paying attention to the NBA over the last, I don't know, three or four days, there is a growing phenomenon right now where the Philadelphia 76ers, it basically looks like Jim Beheim, Syracuse Orangeman, or Orange, whatever the hell they call themselves now, back in, I don't know, early 2000s taking on UConn. The 2-3 zone is now in effect in the NBA, and it's happening right where I am physically speaking with and through these microphones to you throughout the SB Nation radio platforms. There's also a bowl game going on right now, and you might think, who gives a you-know-what about the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl? In fact, if you've even had a Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco, you probably have already forgotten about it, but still... The bowl is here, and there is a storyline going on because clearly earlier on, the bowl that opened things up was all Buffalo, and we got a little taste of college football and sprinkling on some money. And I don't know if you took the under, which hit, or if you took Buffalo, money line, whatever the case may be. Now we have a secondary story with Kent State right now, and there's not much time left for... Kent State to kind of secure this victory and get their first bowl of, well, ever, if you will. That Shander Show is how you get me on Twitter. Brendan Riley is in the house producing the show. Utah State right now is down 34-27. Kent State 0-3 all-time in bowl games. And if you've taken this game, if you took the favorite, Utah State, if you laid points or you just took them on the money line, then you might be sweating this thing out. Mavericks are down Luka Doncic, but if you've been watching the Sixers-Mavs, you wouldn't know it. In fact, there's something else that's even more of a glaring issue, at least glaring issue if you're in Philly. Something to exploit if you're around the NBA. We'll get to that next on the Second Level Espionation Radio. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. Sixers and Mavericks in action right now. We also have the, I'm really going to have to say this the entire time, Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. You don't Utah. have to. I don't think anyone cares about it. Well, hold on a second, though. I, I disagree. There's a lot of money on this game tonight. <laughs> you, you, look, why else would these crap bowls still exist? Buffalo, Charlotte, Utah. What, just to make Kent State feel good about themselves at 6-6 six and six, that they can win their first bowl game ever? 
to pat themselves on the back as much as we've turned into a pat yourself on the back for doing nothing society. The bowl games exist not for that, but to bet on. Look, there's four games that matter. The two ones that open up and the next two that will determine the champion, right? Or technically, I guess, three that matter. And that's it. Everything else is storyline. It's drama. It's a coach leaving. Lane Kiffin's already out. Can Matt Rule end on a positive note? All these things. But look, tonight, right now, you're sweating it out. If you laid money on the favorite, Utah State, you took them on the money line. They tied it up. Utah State, Kent State, I imagine they obliterated that over. But here's the thing. You know, we're going to talk to a guy tonight, Rock Riley, down in Tampa. He's going to join us in the third hour. Rock was the one who alerted me to this tweet based on his own Twitter. And I need to find it real quick. This is what, I don't know if you anybody caught this, Brendan or the world caught this, anyone or anybody in between, but apparently the Bahamas Bowl was way more than whatever you saw on the field that amounted to Buffalo just rolling over Charlotte. So, again, this was Rock Riley tweeted this at Real Rock Riley. Initially, Joel Beal, at Joel M. Beal, put this out a couple of hours ago. And it's a Reddit stream about multiple observations of what went down at the Bahamas Bowl. Because, of course, this is the Bahamas, you know, seeing Ohio play UAB. But instead, it was just this long list of everything that you saw leading up to just debauchery. So I'm going to hit these things throughout the first hour, kind of sprinkle them in. Bottom of the hour, we'll get an expert insight from a gambling standpoint mainly about these bowl games, including the first two that opened up and a busy one tomorrow. There are some interesting ones beyond the UAB game. Also, the Washington game as well. Terrible penalty by Utah State taking pass interference. Yes. Will you bet on every single bowl game? No, no, no. I won't bet my own money, but I'm in a pool, so I'm going to pick them where it's something for work on one of the local stations I'm at. And I had to sign up and do it all and run through every single book. So I have some interest. Now, And if there's a little bit of money at stake, then that's fine. But I can't sit there and put money on every look. It's hard for me to believe. I actually absolutely think you could. I saw. No, curious. no, no, no. I, well, I, 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 I don't have you. the bankroll. Oh, <laughs> I could see you looking at college football going away, like looking at bowl season as your last fix. No, no, because the NFL, I feel like, from an in-game standpoint, the NFL is, is the only game that I truly feel comfortable knowing and, and guessing, truly educated guessing, on tempo and flow. I, I've done really well this year on in-game NFL. I have done okay on in-game college. Okay on in-game college, like little, barely above 500. Everything else I, I get crushed on. So as I still have the NFL in front of me, it's not the end of the world to lose college. And to be honest with you, I'm only about four or five games over 500 on the college picks anyway. So it's not like there's anything to really brag about this year. It's not like there's this fix coming with major satisfaction every time I bet. I mean, I'm lucky to break even. I'm lucky to pay juice at this point. At Shander Show on Twitter, I'll give you a little snippet of this Reddit stream on what went down at the Bahamas Bowl. Brought beer right into the stadium. The locals at the gate didn't even ask to check tickets. One of them took a sip 
of my beer. We walked all the way around the stadium until we reached a fenced-off area. A Royal Bahamas Defense Force guard said we should check behind the fence because he doesn't know what's back there. Upon walking past the fence, we ended up in the Ohio locker room. No questions asked. Man, next year we're doing a remote. I don't care. I'll... Tell everybody down there I'll pay my own way if I have to. But I'm definitely doing a remote from the Bahamas ball. Hell, based on this, I could do it from one of the locker rooms. I could probably do it right there on the field, on the 50-yard line. Mention the zone right now, and it's winding down. It's a 10-point lead for the Luka-less Mavericks. They don't even have their top score. The guy who's averaging a 30-plus points in his triple-doubles, they don't have it, and why are the Philadelphia 76ers losing this game? Well, there are a couple of different reasons if you want to get technical, but to spare you the ins and outs of a basketball team that a lot of people aren't watching on a nightly basis, one thing that is going on that has been talked about throughout the country is this new strategy on the 76ers, specifically with Ben Simmons. This is the evolution of the hack shack of trying to take somebody out of a game in different ways, right? The easy way is, well, you put somebody who can't hit free throws on the line and slow the game down, get baskets, trade them for, if you're lucky, one point. In this case, we've now seen this twice in a week. First time, it was like, whoa, are you serious? There's a team running a zone. There's a team running a 2-3 zone right now in the NBA. And on top of that, they're doing it successfully against Ben Simmons. I feel like the reason, though, we don't see the zone in the NBA is because good teams beat it. Like well, always. They always have. The, the problem here, though, with the Philadelphia 76ers is we've actually seen times in which the 76ers have either beaten a zone or had opportunities to beat the zone. And what's frustrating, and this has been their MO all year outside of Al Horford, really outside of Al Horford, is people are passing up open shots nonstop. Every single game, this is the theme here. And it's not just Ben Simmons. But to your point, and anybody who's seen Syracuse lose a basketball game, you attack the zone or you find it open, you swing the ball and you find an open shooter, usually in the corner. Especially if you're running a 2-3, you can get that corner three open. You can run a guy up and down the baseline. Sixers were doing that the other night. Sixers actually had guys in position to knock down open shots, but they were passing them up. And the frustrating element right now of watching Ben Simmons, and this is all about Ben Simmons, folks. It's nothing more, nothing less. It's not, hey, you need to trade Ben Simmons. It's not Ben Simmons is a bust. It's the NBA you can't change it. This is not the NFL, and even the NFL, and, and I'm not going to go full cowherd idiotic on you and say, oh, Lamar Jackson isn't long for this league. The point of it is is that the NFL, you see bends. The NFL, you see people come in, you see people that change the game that come in. Sometimes defenses do catch up to them. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes teams don't catch up to all-timers. And it might be due to circumstance like Breeze and Rodgers that you're only there and you only win one once, or it might be due to just good fortune of who's around you, like Tom Brady and the skill set that he has matched with Belichick where nobody's catching up to you. But the NBA, it just it doesn't work that way. It hasn't worked that way since Magic Johnson, and even then, 
magic. You could see the guys around him. It was never magic. Magic didn't go to Houston. Magic didn't go to New York. Magic didn't go to Miami. Magic didn't go somewhere and lead a team with a bunch of guys who were just kind of there. And to Simmons' point and credit and maybe frustration, you have a guy in Joel Embiid who can be and on most nights is the most dominating presence at the five spot, can shoot as well. The team is poorly created around Ben Simmons to where if you can't get guys open or if those guys aren't taking those open shots, then it's really easy to neutralize somebody in Ben Simmons who's not going to get you 25, 28, or at least be a threat to do that in a given night. And that's where the zone comes back into play, which is we're talking about a superstar, or I should say a star, what the NBA would love to be a superstar, but we're talking about a star right now. This guy's an all-star. And it's crazy that we've seen two straight years. You go back to Boston two years ago, and it happened again up in Boston. You've seen this now where teams are finding effective ways to take this guy out of the game. And on one hand, he's young, he's still growing, there's opportunity for him to develop a shot, ace and kid turned into Jason Kidd, like all these thoughts and theories about it. But the biggest problem isn't necessarily not shooting. It's the lack of aggression. And then it goes back to his own. Kent State's up right now with another touchdown, 9.36 to left. Pending the extra point, it's going to be 41-34. Oh. 322 left, mind you. This thing is over. Dallas up 15 right now without Luka. Sixers about to have their second loss handed to them in the season at home. And this is going to be about Ben Simmons. This is now going to be talked about even more around the NBA in bigger circles about you now have their 9 of 30 from 3. Given opportunities to shoot based off of something they can create with the 2-3 zone in front of them. Yet still, it's not just, oh, team went cold. There's a lack of aggression from Ben Simmons, who is the ball in his hands the majority of the time. So if you can zone up right now and effectively take out the primary ball handler, who is not even the top two threats to score, technically, you even have a guy in Josh Richardson who later in the game should be, and hasn't yet, but should be taking over that role, that poor man's Jimmy Butler role that we saw late in games last year. Tobias Harris is having a hell of a stretch. He's having an off night tonight. Okay, that's not going to make that big of a difference when you're talking about neutralizing somebody with the ball in his hands to where if he doesn't have the ball in his hands, he becomes phased out. I don't know if you can look at anybody in a team sport right now like Ben Simmons, just the anomaly yet frustrating enigma that is Ben Simmons, somebody who does a lot of good things, in fact, does some things really well at an all-NBA level, like guard the perimeter. He's one of the best perimeter guards. He's one of the best guards on defense you'll find in the NBA. He'll be all-NBA D this year. He'll be an all-star this year. He's one of the better passers in the NBA. He's got height if he ever chose to use it, but from a rebounding standpoint, it's no question. But he doesn't score, doesn't look like he wants to score. And when you see something like tonight and the other night in the same week, 
teams running a 2-3 Syracuse Bayheim cowardly zone. And I don't mean cowardly because I'm a Sixers fan. I just mean zone in general is for cowards. But when you see that being run, what can you do? What can you say? This goes back to Jalen Brown ripping the Celtics rookie who missed all these shots in a row and calling him Ben Simmons. At least that guy was taking shots. It's frustrating to watch, but this is something that I don't know if you see in the NBA, I don't know if you see in another sport. An all-star, somebody with the skill set of an all-star that can be taken out of a game so easily. I've never seen this before, or at least not recently. At Shander shows how you get me on Twitter. We'll update you on the major bowl. And I mean major, meaning the only thing you can bet on right now in college football coming up. And also, it's ugly, but it's important. And it's the NFL, SB Nation Radio. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. If a tree falls in the forest and nobody's there to hear it, does it make a sound? Well, I'm going to give you the college football equivalent. And hopefully you're listening, SB Nation Radio, SBNationRadio.com. You can follow along on Twitter, at Shander Show. You can also watch on Twitch, Maze and Aton. You can follow along with the stream. You can see me sneeze and move the mic away. You can see everything. We talk in the break. You can catch the conversations, everything going on. So I ask because if Kent State wins its first bowl game ever and nobody is in the stands to see it, does it really count? Like, can you truly be sure? I don't want to go full moon landing conspiracy on you, but are we really sure this game is even being played? Because... It's not like the Bahamas Bowl where we have a full-on recap, thanks to the beautiful people at Reddit giving us a step-by-step recap of how easy it is to get into the Ohio locker room, how easy it is to just bring beer randomly and the local guards will just drink it and not even check your tickets. Kent State up with another turnover, 41-34 over Utah State. And we bring this up not only for the obvious betting purposes here, because a lot of people were heavy on the favorite in Utah State, but also because Kent State could win their first ever bowl game. And I just, I don't know. I don't think anybody cares. Think about this. This is the beauty of sports betting. And just to update you on what we talked about for the first 13, 14 minutes of the show, Chris Stapp's Porzingis emphatic dunk in Philadelphia looks to seal a near 20-point win. Oh, man. Over the Philadelphia 76ers, who will suffer their second loss at home of the season. And the big story here is not that the Mavs dominated without Luka Doncic, but you have an all-star who can effectively be taken out of a basketball game simply by running the 2-3 zone. And I don't think we've ever seen anything like this in the NBA. Or maybe in sports. Somebody who's playing at such a high level who can be taken out of a basketball game. Kent State... Right now, 41-34. So think about this. If you took Kent State, if you bet Kent State to win this game outright, took the points, whatever the case may be, there's no way, I'm sorry, you're not going to sell this on me at all. There's no way 
that you give a rat's ass that they're on the verge of winning their first bowl game. You might have factored that in ahead of time. You might have used that as a piece of criteria. And in eight minutes, we'll chat with David Caravielo about everything. Because David, and you can follow him on Twitter if you're not, at D Caravielo, pardon me. Make sure I get that right before he joins us. PostCouriersBookies.com as well. This thing, nobody's invested in a storyline here. And that's, I think, the beauty of it for me because I don't care, and I know you don't care. And now that sports betting is legal in so many different areas, you don't have to pretend like you care about this. Oh, Kent State won its first ball. They won outright. That's all I give a damn about. It's all that matters right now. Man, well, I bet definitely <laughs> need to make sure that I have David's last name right before we bring him on in eight minutes. So I'm going to need help there by all means. At Shander Show is how you follow me. That one I got right for sure. And, again, I'm just asking if it's something similar to, like, the conspiracy you have with the moon landing. We'll see if, in fact, Kent State can get a field goal right now as it's 620 left. Some later action will get you updated and keep you live action in the NBA tonight. And look ahead, as we mentioned, around the weekend with two interesting bowl games tomorrow. This Reddit, as of now at least, this Reddit stream has yet to be debunked. People are constantly walking on the athletic track around the field and chugging beer. This is live at the Bahama Bowl. They told me, the security forces down there just keep laughing and high-fiving everyone. One of the soldiers keeps hugging random fans. There's a native family in front of me doing a T-shirt toss. One of the Bahamian families here jumped three rows down on a group of fans just to grab a shirt. Drunk fan walked on the sideline, high-fived a player, high-fived a Royal Bahamian defense force soldier when walking back. The soldier just couldn't stop laughing. Sounds like a blast. It also sounds pretty lax, laid back, and not edgy or nerve-wracking, like you should be on full alert or anything. doesn't seem like there is anything really people taking advantage of that lax atmosphere. What the hell were we doing missing this? This was a perfect opportunity to go down to the Bahamas and broadcast live. Shame on us. At least shame on me for not taking advantage of that. South Beach can wait. I'm already tagged into the Super Bowl, so... That's that's through a different station. I could have maybe maneuvered or tried to manipulate something on this end, at least if I took care of my own airfare or hotel. You know, a lot of times if you meet people halfway, just to make it easier, the logistics suddenly become that much more attainable. It's crazy how that works. I'm sorry, you open your mic. Oh, I, I didn't honestly, Aton. if it wasn't for your text this morning, I don't think I would have realized bowl season started today. Hey, man, the Makers wanted Bahamas Bowl. Buffalo crushed it. Five-and-a-half-point favorite, dominates Charlotte. The under smashes. And now tonight we see Utah State in serious trouble. They closed as a seven-point favorite, and that total 69-and-a-half. Well, they've definitely beat that total. And right now, Utah State, you're not covering this thing, even in overtime. You're not covering this thing. Well, maybe, but I, I would I would doubt it. We'll see. That would be something. If Utah State at this point can force overtime down 10 with five minutes left, it, it doesn't look good. A couple of other games to look at, and we'll chat 
with our guests coming up in five minutes. I mentioned, though, there is a god-awful, ugly, sloppy football game that, unfortunately, you're going to have to watch on Sunday. And I'm going to apologize ahead of time because my fan base and my football team is partaking in it. And it's going to be the game of the week. It's going to be blasted everywhere, 425 Eastern. And if you're riding along with the two of us on the NFL rush in that middle slot, 4 to 7 Eastern time on Sundays, well, we'll be doing that live. And there's going to be a lot of discussion about that Eagles-Cowboys game. But second hour, there are some interesting storylines that go beyond just this game and these two divisional rivals. One, from a Dallas standpoint, that could actually ride through the playoffs, as crazy as that sounds. We'll look at what went right tonight, what went wrong, and also a couple of games, value games, tomorrow in the world of college football next, Destination Radio. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. Winding down with the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. So about to be two in the books here, starting off bowl season. And as promised, we got to the guest line. Bring in David Caravello. Post and Courier, bookies.com. You can follow him at D Caravello, C A R A V I E L L O on Twitter. Aton Shander, SB Nation Radio. Good to chat again, David. Appreciate your time tonight. And if you went full chalk, you or anybody else went full chalk tonight on the two bowl games. First one, no problem. Buffalo takes care of business, but sweating it out to say the least tonight. I'd probably lose if you took the points or laid the points, part of me, but. I don't even know if the money line is still in place. I know that you didn't think we would start with a Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl, but what the hell is going on right now? What went right for Kent State tonight, David? Aton, the bowl season really does not start until the uh, Tropical Smoothie Bowl begins. We all know, <laughs> we all know that. You, you know, that, you know the, the layoff between the regular season and the bowl season uh, fosters upset. I mean, and we, we know that. I mean, Utah State had a really good regular season. They were, they were, they were uh, you know, where they were for a reason. But you give a team, you know, more than a week to prepare for somebody. You, you know, you, you perhaps send a team like Utah State to a bowl. Maybe they didn't think they were going to be in. Uh, and, and crazy things happen. And, uh, you know, these, these lower-level bowls can be really, really entertaining because one team usually really wants to be there and one team really doesn't. And uh, it's, it's not unusual to sort of see these kind of games get really interesting from the job. No surprise, no shock on the first game. Charlotte just kind of thrown to the Wolves. Uh, you know, Charlotte's, you know, they're, they're, I, I want to pick their first bowl bid in, in school history. Uh, if there's anything uh, about a happy-to-be-there program, they were it. I mean, you know, a, a, you know, great foot for the Niners to sort of uh, get over that hump and become bowl eligible, but... You know, a, a lot of teams are bowl eligible, and there's a difference between teams that are bowl eligible and there are teams that are capable of winning bowls. And uh, I think we saw that in the, the kickoff to our bowl season tonight. So let's look at Saturday because I think the two games that have jumped out for a lot of people are the later games, the Washington-Boise State and then UAB uh, taking on App State, of course, with that heavy line for App State. Is there a third game? Is there another game maybe earlier on the slate that jumps out at you with the most value, David? 
Uh, well, when you, when you talk about tomorrow, I mean, I think that the, the, the App State game is just going to generate so much attention because, I mean, this this was a, this was a team that thought they were going to be maybe in a in a group of five position in the Cotton Bowl, and it's lost their head coach, and so I mean, there, there's so much to uh, you know, kind of uh, in terms of variables uh, are, are riding on this tomorrow, and you know, and, and it's just one one of those games where they're you know, from a betting perspective, you know, is is there are there too many sort of unknowns uh, to sort of, uh, you know, encourage you to sort of lay action on. Um, you know, Appalachian State, is, it, it, to me, that's the story of tomorrow, Aitan. Um, given the season they had, given their relative success against the spread, uh, given, the, you know, the kind of year they had, you know, and, and, and here they are, and, and what to them has to be a terribly disappointing bowl game um, <laughs> with, with a different voice in their head calling the shots. And from a betting perspective, you know, you've got a lot of options, you know, bowl season with 50-something games, and it's just, you know, do, do you, is this one of the ones you just sort of kind of back away from uh, because there are just so many differences uh, in this one game than were there during the regular season. Um, and then tomorrow, you know, that, that's going to that's be the game to watch for me just because of all of Appalachian State did in the regular season and, and, and whether or not they can uh, you know, sort of mirror that in the postseason when so many factors are different. Are you surprised the total is so low based on what App State's been able to do the last three, four games? At 47.5 I see now. Yeah, it is. Um, it is low. Um, I mean, I mean, given the way Appalachian State was able to put, uh, you know, points on the board, you know, UAB is not the team they were last year. Um, you know, UAB was a, you know, one of the more reliable teams against the spread last year. They had a really veteran kind of offense. They had a really veteran quarterback. They have, you know, give them credit for being able to secure bowl eligibility uh, a year after losing what they lost. Um, but I wonder if that total. Um, has less to do with Appalachian State and more to do with the Blazers. It's interesting. Uh, before we, we look at a couple of the big lines, the other game, Boise State-Washington, the Las Vegas Bowl, David, and uh, there's a lot of questions about Washington, the disappointing season. They've had changes, of course. Boise State, and you mentioned a disappointing ending, not necessarily a bowl game that App State would want to be in. Well, here Boise State, I imagine, might look at it like, hey, we can make a statement as well finishing this season. Do you see value in Boise State getting three, three and a half, depending on where you look? Yeah, I mean, Boise, Boise State covered three of its last four down the stretch. I mean, Boise State clearly played better football uh, than, than Washington did uh, down, the, down, down the stretch. Aton, I mean, I mean, the Huskies have to be one of the great disappointments. Yep. Uh, of, of this season, I mean, given the sort of offense they started the year with, I know they lost like incredible talent off that team from last year. Um, but I mean, I mean, they, they were bad enough where their coach called it quits. So you don't see that happen uh, very, very often. And uh, you know, I mean, Boise, I mean, is, is, you know, with that with that season opening win over Florida State, and you know, having the kind of year they did, and, and really playing really well down the stretch. I mean, they've won like you know six in a row or something like that heading into the bowl game, and and they've been a fairly reliable cover here over the last uh, third of the season. So, uh, I, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I. You know, if, if if I'm laying action on this game, I mean, Washington is a much bigger unknown and a much bigger chance, uh, much bigger risk um, than I would think uh, that the Broncos would be at this point. David Caravello joining us at D Caravello, Caravello, pardon me, C A R A V I E L L O, Caravello on Twitter. 
Post and Courier, bookies.com as well. Eight Side Shander, SB Nation Radio. How do you approach when you're handicapping and approaching this from a betting standpoint, these bowls? And let's just use Mondays, the Bad Boy Mowers, as an example. You've got such a heavy, I mean, 17, 16 and a half, 17. I've even seen it 17 and a half, a couple of spots. It's ridiculous. But do you look at that as an easy pick because it's so wide? Is there always value on a dog in a bowl game in this scenario? I'm a big believer, Aton, in the fact that you give a team more time to prepare. Uh, it negates a little bit of the difference between favorite and underdog. Um, now that only goes so far. I mean, you've got a, a you know a, a Central Florida team that's almost you know playing at home basically, um, uh, and, and I think there are a lot of factors that maybe go into this game that are unique uh, from from that perspective. Uh, but uh, you know, I mean, Central Florida, another one of those teams that's used to playing in, uh, you know, kind of New Year's Six Bowls that, you know, claim to have been national champions very recently. <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, the, the Gasparilla Bowl, you know, in, and, uh, actually, that even still in Tropicana Field is, is, is not the kind of game that I think these guys uh, probably signed up for. So, um, you know, I mean, there, there are so many bowls. I'm a big believer. Aton and sort of picking your spots and, and, and going with what you really believe in. There's, there's no necessity to like lay action on every game. Um, and, and if you, you know, are one of those folks who, who believes in Marshall and, and believes that uh, Central Florida is going to come out flat because they really don't want to be here, then uh, I mean, there, there's absolutely something to be said for that. But um, I, I think we see upsets during bowl season because, you know, you give a team, you know, two weeks plus to prepare. Um, it's it's going to mitigate uh, what we normally see in the week-to-week churn of the college football season where teams are so busy correcting their own mistakes that they really don't have a whole lot of time to game plan for the opponent. The bowl season, all that goes out the window. The bowl season, you have so much time to prepare. Um, you know, you, you look at Marshall going up against a team that, you know, maybe hoped it would be somewhere else. And, and you can absolutely see why there might be, shall we say, a contrarian bet uh, on the thundering herd uh, in this game. Is that a similar logic you can apply to, and I promise I'll hit you with a couple of big ones, but it's just a very interesting point that you raised, David, about time off and how that softens the blow between the two teams. And I would think that that has something to do with BYU laying two points where normally in a situation, I guess, in the course of the regular season, you're going out to Hawaii. That's a detriment. That's something. That's a hurdle you have to cross and clear right away. But in this case, I wonder if the time off is allowing BYU to get back to a more neutral spot in this game. Yeah, one of the more curious lines, I would say, of the earlier bowls, given that Hawaii had a really good year, um, you know, I, I, I think that maybe people are putting some stock in some of the, the, the individual wins Brigham Young had over the course of the season. Um, but, you know, Hawaii typically plays really well against the Continental teams when the Continental teams go out there. Um, and so, uh, you know, yeah, that's one, that's, that, that's a curious line, Aton. And, um, it would, it would, you know, given Hawaii's record in Aloha Stadium against teams from the 48, I, I, it, it would be understandable why some people would understand, some people would think that the Warriors would be the better bet there. Um, you know, uh, let's be honest, Hawaii plays at midnight most of the time. Most people don't get a chance <laughs> to see him play. Brigham Young point. has had some high, qual- Brigham Young has had some high quality primetime victories. Uh, especially earlier in the season, so maybe they're more of a known quantity. 
Um, but that would be one I would have to think long and hard on, given that Hawaii has a really good track record of beating teams who go out there to play. Tight line that I'm trying to figure out, mainly because I don't know if there's enough trust in USC, the rotating door we've seen at quarterback, and going up against an Iowa team that, that has fought, especially defensively. Iowa's laying two in the, what, San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. I should have just said Holiday Bowl, but I, I don't want to get sued by any means. Is there, I, I don't know, can you trust USC? You're getting two. I know it's not a ton here, and maybe if you are buying points, you can get it up to the field goal, but how much value, if at all, is there with the Trojans getting two points? I, you know, I mean, you're, you're talking about a team in, in Southern Cal that won their last three regular season games, um, and, and played pretty well handling, you know, the sort of teams they needed to handle. You're talking about a team that covered uh, in their last two regular season games. So, you know, I mean, Iowa is, you know, not exactly a team that is going to out-athlete anybody. They're going to play sort of a, a Big Ten style, a stereotypical almost Big Ten style of football. They have a quarterback that's been good but not great. Um, you look at uh, you know, the, the, the talent level of the skill positions between these two teams, and it seems like a mismatch, uh, given that, well, USC has a wide receiver and defensive back. And, and, and yeah, I, mean, I think that there's absolute value in the Trojans, given the way they finished the year, the mystery over who was going to be their coach is over. Um, you know, I mean, this is, this is still, uh, what, an eight-win team uh, that scored quality wins down the stretch when they had to have them, that, you know, covered fairly reliably down the stretch, and uh, you know, is there value in that team? I think there is. How about, and just get your thoughts on the big ones, the playoff games here. And Clemson, Ohio State, let's start there with a the more intriguing line as we've seen it move based off of uh, some heavy movement on the money. Clemson, two-and-a-half-point favorite, depending on you know where you can get it. I, I don't know how much people are truly trusting Clemson or maybe losing faith in Ohio State. Uh, you know, when you look at you know, one of the things I like to use, Aton, is I like to use trends. And, uh, I mean, you look at two teams that were, you know, so rock solid against the spread for most of the year. Um, Ohio State clearly against a better schedule. Um, but, you know, you, you know, Clemson manhandled the teams they were supposed to manhandle. I mean, outside of that close call at North Carolina, they hammered people. Um, and, uh, and, 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 you know, I just keep thinking about last year, uh, when they had that close game, I think it was against Syracuse, and they, they made the change to quarterback with Trevor Lawrence, and they just destroyed people the rest of the way, and it went all the way to the national championship game. And, uh, and you know, they, they remind me a little bit of that now. And uh, you, you look at a team that is just, you know, not just covering, but it's just, uh, but it's just been, you know, not the ACC is any great shakes, but it's just been, just been absolutely destroying people. And, you know, you remember last year, I mean, people had the same questions about Clemson given the, the, the lack of the strength of schedule in the ACC, and then they go out and they hammer everybody in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, Ohio State with, you know, maybe some closer games than anticipated down the stretch in Big Ten play. Um, but, I, you know, I'm not going to put anything past the reigning national champions given that, you know, they haven't had a really close game uh, since September, um, and it's not because of, uh, you know, uh, any fault of their own. It's just because they're just going out and destroying people, and uh, it, it's just hard to, it's hard to look past that at this point. David, I really appreciate it, man. Uh, we could go on, but unfortunately I have to end the hour here. And Everybody out there, make sure you keep 
following along as it's a busy bowl season. You can read David's work, Post and Courier, of course, bookies.com. David Caravello at D Caravello, C A R A V I E L L. I'm trying to spell it out and, and say it at the same time. You'd think I'd be able to do that talking here. But, David, as always, man, it's a great uh, time and opportunity to chat with you. And I feel like we get smarter now, so hopefully p- people can make some money. Hey, uh, every, everybody wins in that case, Aton. Let's hope that's the case. <laughs> Thanks, David. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> All right, we'll wrap the hour next, SB Nation Radio. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's Aton Shander. Winding down, and there was one bowl game that we threw out there with David. It's pretty cool. We'll get David back on. Bookies.com, they, it's not any place where you can you know bet it's not a bookie it's just the domain that they have i write for them it's all analysis it's opinions it's people giving picks but not selling anything you do whatever the hell you want with them in fact we're gonna have a guy on right now his last 44 bets i don't think you'll be with me the first hour tomorrow correct no i will not all right so at the end of the first hour we'll have this guy adam thompson he used to write for cbs sports he used to be their top nfl picker and now he's with us at bookies and his last like 44 i have the numbers his last 44 bets he's at like 74 percent. it's ridiculous so we're trying to make some people money we're trying to make some people happy and if you took This god-awful Utah State team tonight, well, I apologize.